Shock advised. Stand clear. Push to shock. Damn it, would you stop eating that? I told you about that. Uh, well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, the newly uh, revived and resuscitated Borderlands podcast. I'm your host, Den Rock, and today I've got a recurring guest, my brother Sam. Hey. Um, I want to open up and talk about the concept of New Year's resolutions. Um, it's that time of year. Actually, it's somewhat past that time of year that everyone looks to do these. Um, I'll admit, I think I've resolved to do something every new year for probably my entire adult life um, with a with mixed results over the years. How about you, Sam? Yeah, usually yeah. falls flat. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the the prevalence and the success rates and all that um, oh, so as you, my as my research awesome. um, uncovered here. So. Uh, opening with a okay, so the screen just went off on my yeah it did. GoPro. Oh, fuck it. Where I was well, this was one of my resolutions. That's why for this you year. looked over at me and I saw was, in the back uh, that it yeah stop. Uh, whatever, I'll have to figure that out. Um, yeah, so the definition of a resolution is um, to change a habit or behavior for the better. Um, and in specific, a New Year's resolution would be to do that on the uh, uh, for the onset of a, of a new year. Okay. Um, I looked at Google, our uh, you know worldwide library slash mind control entity. No matter no mattering how you want to look at it, uh, the most common New Year's resolutions seem to be. Uh, a combination of losing weight, improving fitness, improving diet, um, improving mental health, spending more time with your family and friends, uh, improving one's finances and budgeting, um, traveling more, beginning a new hobby, and uh, lastly being more environmentally friendly. And I don't believe those are necessarily listed in popularity, although I do believe the, the weight loss and fitness has to be the number one oh, yeah. every single year um, going back decades, right? <clears throat> now, where did this concept of New Year's resolutions come from? Believe it or not, this has been around for centuries, arguably millennia. Um, I found references to... Um, uh, medieval knights, you know, pledging um, what was called the uh, the peacock vow at the end of the Christmas holiday, um, and the purpose was to reaffirm their commitment to chivalry. So that took place around the New Year. Um, you know, religions even going back uh, further than the the medieval knights, um, Christianity uh, very commonly had uh, pledges or covenants that would renew coinciding with the new year um you know just to reaffirm 
their faith in their uh, deity or their entity uh, that they worship. Uh, the ancient Romans um, made sacrifices and made promises to the god Janus, you know, back at the uh, probably even B.C., before Christ. Janus is the god um, that we get the, the month January from. That's the what January is derived from. Um, and, that you know, the examples are, are plentiful, but uh, suffice it to say that the, the New Year's resolution or some similar idea has been around for a long time. Um, now, the participation rates. Um, participation is incredibly popular in the Western world. Um, you know, not so much in uh, the East um, and certainly not in, you know, what I, what we might call the uh, Third World East. Um, but in the United States, that's where I found all the... Uh, the references. numbers and uh, studies. Um, the peak uh, is actually right now. You know, current day is the peak participation rate, and it's around fifty to sixty percent of Americans every year make a New Year's resolution. Mm. Uh, I would presume there's an age range in there. I mean, babies and very young children aren't doing it. As, I guess this is probably in reference to adults. Um, you know, the participation rate, uh, they cited that uh, there was an initial spike in the United States just following the Great Depression. And, and the belief there was that people um, sur- who survived that time uh, financially and physically um, wanted to somehow give back and, um, you know, make a commitment to put themselves in a better position to, you know, go through something like that again. Um, back then, it was about 20% of America uh, participated. The success rates are pretty abysmal. Yeah, let me, uh, take, actually, a guess. Let me take a guess on one of these because yeah, well, I've got no clue. No, this is just the overall success oh, okay. rates, or I guess it, it might be easier to talk about the failure rates. Um, the current overall failure rate is somewhere between 80 and 90%. I was going to say. Meaning that only 10% or slightly more succeed, is, succeed. in what they wanted to do for them. And year. it also. Um, is it's still up in the air like what exactly is success like uh just because you meet a goal is that success or do you have to meet that goal and then continue to engage in that behavior for the whole year yeah um but the what is clear is that new year's resolutions are roughly 10 times more successful than resolutions made any time else throughout the year so that that tells me that if you make a promise to do something better uh, for yourself or th- for the environment, uh, you know, for your birthday <laughs> or just some, uh, you know, for Easter or <laughs> some random day throughout the year, it ain't happening. Uh, yeah. Talk a little bit, Sam. My apparatus is falling apart here. Oh, God. Yeah, I was going to say that I've always <clears throat> considered the success rate for people to be almost zero. Because it's always lose weight, and I kind of measure it. You, you kind of need to do it for the whole year, so it's not like lose weight and get to, you know, I want to get to. And I'm a big guy, but get to 250, and then I get to 250, and then, uh, you know, I've I, my resolutions of success. Even though by the end of the year I'm 350, 
so you know, so I, th- I think that uh, that's very difficult for people to do their New Year's resolutions and make them last for 365 days. We're trying to keep the show going. Yeah, David's got a. I'll kind of explain to you what's going on. He has a much nicer mic than he allows the guests to come use uh, and his microphone is on this swinging arm that swivels around kind of like you'd see some of these prod- podcasting pros have uh, and radio broadcasters and it is just collapsed and it's in shambles laying all over the uh, all over the surface here I may have to just hold the mic in my hand yeah, he's he's contempl- I don't know if you guys can hear him in the background but he's well, I had to mute my microphone because I basically tear the whole thing down <laughs> Now's not the time for me to eat these uh, oh, who cares? It's, pork rinds. Uh, so New Year's resolution here is to get a better desk <laughs> to hold this stuff. Right now we're on a uh, plastic card table, not one from the 70s that most of us remember, but a card table from uh, the 2000s. Yeah, like Walmart Rubbermaid. Yeah, Walmart Rubbermaid. Um, but... Yeah, he could use a nicer desk, and he can build one with his uh, woodworks business. All right, back to yeah. Okay, (laughs) no, the thing was like drifting downward, drifting downward, and uh, the clamp I'm using is just—I don't know—it's everything's too heavy for this table, I think. And there's Sam over there munching away again. Can you hear that? Of course we all Because I'm, I'm, guys, I'm sorry. I'm eating. I was given, <laughs> this is another thing while David's still adjusting this. I came home one day about two weeks ago and there was a box, huge box at my front door. And you could see it had holes in it. Like, I mean, it was made that way to have these holes in it for air. And it was full of bags of pork rinds. Oh. Louisiana hot sauce, golden flake brand. So who sent those to you? Uh, well, I had a couple guesses, and my first one was Brian Cox uh, up in Connecticut. So he was the first one I called, and I was right. 24 bags of them. <laughs> uh, they're really, really tasty. You know, I've always been a person that loves a good chicharrone. You want to know what, Sam? This fucking thing was recording the whole time, the GoPro. Wow. <laughs> But I just shut it off because well, took, that would be worth yeah. keeping considering everything that's yeah. happened since that thing went off. Oh well, this is a work in progress. So where were we? We were talking about failure rates and uh, basically, um, what else did I want to say about that? Oh yeah, the uh, success rate for any resolution, especially the um, New Year's resolutions, those being the most likely to succeed throughout the year. Uh, there. Of course, the, the success is improved if your goals are actually realistic and measurable. Okay, so you have to have some tangible outcome. It has to be something realistic, and you know. So if you, uh, I think, for example, you know, everyone wants to lose weight or get fit, right? Mm-hmm. So the, those are very non-specific goals. But if you said, "I want to lose ten pounds," you know, so that's a realistic goal. And it's an achievable goal, and it's a measurable goal. Um, yeah, so, you know, or I think if you wanted to work financial um, resolutions, you'd have to say, I want to put a 1000 more dollars in the bank mm-hmm. at the end of this year. So that's A, realistic, B, measurable, and I think probably a pretty high success rate. So that's just the rough background on 
New Year's resolutions in general. Um, I wanted to move on and talk about not necessarily my New Year's resolution or resolutions, but uh, podcast resolutions that I'm going to seek to uh, achieve in this coming year. Um, first of all, I'm, I want to devote more time to actually planning um, these things and then also take uh, take more time in the recording, editing, production, um, and uploading, you know. And there I'm talking about, um, you know, mixing different channels together rather than just the two microphone channels that mm -hmm. I currently have. Um, yeah, I, I do want to take another look at, um, uh, some, some better, uh, intro music or bumper music. Um, and I wish that I could, that I had the, uh, the courage to reach out to some like big musical names and ask, very humbly if I could use their music for free because I'm such a small platform. But, um, I think I, I'm just afraid of getting shot down rejected. Uh, or I'm afraid that they would say like, Oh, well, hell yeah, you can use our music, but you'll have to pay a <laughs> hundred bucks a year or something to, in royalties. But, uh, the second podcast resolution I have is to, uh, broaden my list of guests um, mm -hmm. I still want to keep this thing interview format. Uh, I don't necessarily want to sit down and do monologue style stuff. Um, and I mean, I mean, absolutely no offense to you, Sam. I think that you and I do wonderful discussions between one another. Um, but I remember back when I first had the, the idea that the spark of thought to, um, to start a, a podcast, I, I made this giant list of people I wanted to interview. And, you know, I, I realized early on that it was going to be really tough to get people uh, to interview in person. And that was uh, due to a couple of reasons. You know, first of all, COVID restricting travel and many people being afraid at the time to actually sit down face to face because of COVID. And secondly, there's a lot of people um, that I would like to interview um, that are just uh, some distance away. And I had been hesitant to do uh, telephone interviews, but I think that I'm set up real well to do it. In fact, I did do the one telephone interview with Joe yeah. early on. And I think that was, that one worked pretty well. Um, so I resolve to expand my list of guests and not, don't just go with the live in person uh, in studio interviews. I'll be more, much more willing to, you know, have someone call in mm -hmm. third. Um, I have got to take better care of this equipment. You know, everything's worked just fine so far, but, um, uh, yeah, I haven't been nice to any of this stuff. It's, uh, it sits out collecting dust most of the time. And, um, you know, I just don't have things on a very firm desk. Sam was talking about that earlier. Uh, so I need to get some actual, some real furniture put together and, you know, probably install this stuff in a, in a somewhat permanent manner. And then I could just throw like a, uh, bed sheet over it when I'm not using it. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, you could take it like a room down here where we're at in your studio and actually make a studio. You could spray foam, insulate the whole entire thing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. drywall it up and just slap one coat of <clears throat> mud on. It could just be mud, Yeah, you know, uh, not even painted, 
Mm-hmm. And then. Mm-hmm. No, it wouldn't have to look immaculate. Um, my plan for a lot of the uh, construction down in this basement is to do um, shiplap uh, boarding or, you know, something similar. Oh, okay. Um, but I want to get, I don't know how I can obtain it or how I can make uh, any sawn wood look aged and distressed. But that that's the look I want to get is to maybe in each room do maybe one wall entirely. Like in, that. In hardwood that's um, weathered or distressed, and I don't know if I would do it exactly in a, in a shiplap um, assembly. Do you know what I'm talking about with that? I think so. That's where it's not quite tongue and groove. It's like uh, like the board above has a, a notch cut out on the back side of it, and then the board beneath has a notch cut out in the front side of it. So it's just the the, the long edges of them overlap. Gotcha. Tongue and groove would be an actual groove cut in the long edge of the board, and then a uh, corresponding, I guess you'd call it a tenon, in the the other board. So they slide together that way. I mean, there's all kinds of different joining joining techniques um, that I'm learning about with uh, this woodworking business. Um, shiplap just seems to be the quickest and easiest one to do on the router. Uh, that would be cool. That that would be really yeah. Neat. So uh, the next podcast resolution is going to be to, um, and this may kind of go back to to the first resolution I made, but I want to improve the content release schedule. I I do want to try my best to actually stick to a regular schedule, whether that be weekly, monthly, bi-weekly, just something that listeners can be um, can look forward to and not have to wait and wait and wait um, to hear. I also want to um, somehow improve my promotion of um, the podcast. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about like buying uh, advertisements on the internet or um, you know buying advertisements on other people's podcasts. Um, I just want to maybe try to fold my uh, podcast into social media platforms a little bit better. Um, I mean, I think I've, I've done a decent job of that so far, but I know I could take it further without having to incur a lot of uh, cost or frustration. Um, Here's a big one. Uh, I do, I do want to promote other podcasts and podcasters um, because I have I've continued throughout all this business listening daily to podcasts and I still listen to all the, the big national podcasts, Joe Rogan, you know, as far as news, I'm listening to daily wire. Um, and then, you know, I listen to some NPR shows. Um, but I have recently been turned on to some local, uh, artists, local podcasters, if you will. Um, and you know, I'd like to, begin to promote their content and um, hell, I mean, maybe I could even get them as guests on uh, the show. Um, and then I have like this category of optional things, you know, I don't, <clears throat> these aren't things that I feel like I'm ultra compelled to do, but I think it would help clean up the show. Um, I mean, I would love to create original theme music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I really can't play any instruments any longer. You know, years and years, decades ago, I probably could play any of the the horns, um, maybe even some of the woodwind instruments. Uh, and I was pretty good at the piano, but you know, I, um, having not performed anything for you know basically since junior high, high school, um, I've forgotten a lot of that stuff. But I, I could see myself getting uh, some kind of uh, keyboard set up um, or some program downloaded on the computer and devise some original theme music. Synthesize it? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've, I was always um, fascinated with the Mellotron. Have you ever, have you ever seen one of those things or, or heard one of them? So, like... Um, I don't think so. It's so hard to describe one of those, and they're so like rare, and uh, apparently they're difficult to play. But uh, it's it's a keyboard operated thing, and I think what you do is it it contains like a, a magnetic media that's associated to um, like a, a cassette tape type of media okay. that's associated with each key, and it just it'll play that. Uh, magnetic strip like until the end of it okay so if you can envision like maybe there's uh, I don't know 10 seconds worth of a sound associated with each key um, but over time these uh, mellotrons like they get wore out you know just like when we used to listen to cassette tapes you know they were mm-hmm. never as good when they were brand new and that's when these little um, the little idiosyncrasies and weird sounds would start coming out of these mellotrons it was with use and i mean you i if i could like i'm not going to do it right now because i don't want to take the time and interrupt our talk but i could find you some example songs uh that have the mellotron playing in the background and you would instantly recognize the songs because they're popular but you would say oh that's how they made that sound um we'll have to look at that after we wrap things up oh that is cool uh but no like I'd love to acquire a Mellotron because uh, you can swap out the media, you know, that it plays uh, and make some really funky sounds. Um, like I said, they're very expensive, and I think they're hard to come by nowadays. Um, second on the list of optional resolutions is uh, improve the podcast logo and graphic. Um, I just threw that one together super quick. I mean, I was happy with it, but now that I've consumed a whole lot of other content, I realized that um, I think there's better logo design for sure, and uh, it shouldn't be that difficult for me to revamp that and make it a little more visually appealing. Um, I We've already mentioned this kind of, but I do... Um, I do sort of want to construct an actual studio, but that's going to be way on the back burner. I mean, I've got so many other projects that I need to get my tail uh, going on um, at this house. But um, so that's not going to take precedent. I think maybe an empty box just got chucked down the steps here. Mm. Um, well, I had to sneeze at the same time. I yeah. was like, did that just happen because of me? Yeah, maybe. Um, and then uh, I also wanted to play around with uh, creating some video content uh, to play, you know, to do, I guess, the voiceover, uh, the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I've thought of that, too. That's why I, I tried to uh, begin re- just recording this today on a, on a new GoPro that I got for Christmas. You know, I've used GoPros before um, when well, I was... 
jeeping a lot and I can't remember. I think I had the version five and now this is the version 10. And the way I used the GoPro before was I would mount, um, mount the camera outside of the Jeep, like on the hood or the fender. And then it would connect via Wi-Fi to my cell phone in the car. So I could see what the camera saw in the car. So I, I, the, the deal was I would mount my cell phone on the dashboard somewhere, see you know what the camera saw, and I would just turn it on and off remotely. So it wasn't recording the whole trip. I would just have it record some of the interesting uh, trails that we did, interesting uh, low water crossings and stuff like that. But uh, So this one, I thought I knew how to use this one. Uh, the, the biggest difference on this one is it has a screen on both sides of it. So the person, so the, the, the subject of the recording can see what the lens sees, right? So it has right. like, it's, I guess that's like a selfie function, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had the thing sitting here on the desk pointed at me and I saw, you know, myself on it. And then all of a sudden it went black and my presumption was it quit recording, but it did not. I think that's just, it must be a power saving feature, but wow. I, I can probably change that in the settings. I wonder uh, what the uh, length well, I guess, does it have like a removable storage device in it? Yeah, I think it's micro SD. And so it, you can put... It, it came with a 64 gig, oh, okay. which depending on the quality, and I, so I believe this thing does ultra 4K. What is the battery life? I think that also depends on what... The definition that you're... Uh, the, yeah, how um, the quality of the video and then whether you're using all the other functions with it. So it's got a built-in stabilizing feature, like a gyroscope type of thing, and that's going to consume power. Um, you know, it, it, um, it'll it do GPS functioning, so it can, you know, track your location and your speed and your elevation, all these things. You know, that's going to use battery. Um, and I guess if you have these screens turned on, that's going to use battery too. Um, you know, when I was using this before um, – connecting to my phone on and off. I bet, I bet the continual runtime on it was four hours or so. Wow. Um, but I used it all day long, you know, just start switching it on and off. Cause I've thought about the same <clears throat> thing about recording some of these cause where I've got like uh, a little YouTube channel, but I'm, <clears throat> I'm getting, I just hit 30,000 views. Wow. Uh, yeah. Which is a lot. And, um, I, I know the content that people are watching and it seems stupid to me, but the point to me is they are watching it. Like they're, they're watching minutes of yeah. my videos. So That's like awesome. if, if you talk about promotional tool, you know, I could throw my podcast link up on there. I could do, um, you know, so, but I was thinking it would be cool to, uh, do just what you're saying, yeah. Get, record it. But it would be better, like you, you and I discussed before you turned the mics on and started this, to be able to record both people. It's just the syncing it up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's that's going to take production time. Yeah. Because um, there would be, I would imagine in the finished product, the you know, you would transition from one camera view to the other, you know, like focusing on... Whoever speaking. speaking or, you know, maybe you can even have a third camera that you transition to from time to time that uh, captures the whole room. So you get to see what the quote set looks like and mm-hmm. uh, the, the, your audio rig and all that. Um, yeah, that's, that, that would be something down the road. And I think there's a lot of um, 
a lot more work involved in the, the production side and the editing side there Yeah, that I would need to do, do research on. But I think, you know, in the meantime, before I actually learned how to incorporate the videos into a cast, I mean, certainly wouldn't hurt to record every session. Right. Right. I mean, I've got the hard drive space on a computer. Um, it would be no big deal just to have it sitting there. And, uh, then one day, you know, I could do just update the cast and say, here's the video part of it. Um, yeah. So those, uh, that basically sums up, uh, you know, a brief summary of the, uh, of new, new year's resolutions <laughs> Same. eating his freaking pork rinds. Um, they are good. And the, the, the resolutions I want to make specific to a podcast. Um, I like many others, uh, many other Americans, many other human beings. I'm constantly resolving to change my spending habits, change my eating habits, my fitness habits, um, constantly resolving to spend more time with family and friends. You know, it's just, um, I don't know. Um, life is busy and it's becoming increasingly more difficult to, you know, take care of oneself, um, you know, mentally, physically, financially, it's hard to get out to see people. Um, for me still, um, I don't think, so it's no longer an issue of COVID. Um, I've just got a busy career and, uh, two twins, you know, I always say two twins, but obviously there's two if it's twins, but twins that, um, that just keep us going balls to the wall here. Yeah. And they are difficult to travel with. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. You, <laughs> you're kind of trapped for a couple of years. Mm. I feel this now I know what that means. I don't have twins, but with my little kids, it's like, we don't go anywhere. But I always felt like you guys did, or, or you do travel. Yeah. We try uh, to travel significantly better than we do. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you're always going to a zoo or a park or, you know, state park, mm-hmm. national park. Um, you know, Megan and I are talking. A lot of those are day trips. Yeah, yeah. Megan and I are talking about going on uh, <clears throat> at least a couple trips this year with with the girls. And uh, I think we just have to keep it uh, realistic and, and actually doable, kind of like the New Year's resolutions. I don't think we want to go anywhere for a week at a time. And I don't think we're ready to <clears throat> try to fly with the girls again yet that was a a rather miserable experience um for our trip to disney world or to orlando last year um (laughs) that that that, yeah i'm glad we drove i'm just talking about specifically the flight Um, and then i would say they they were not ready to go to disney you know we tried three different parks with them and they weren't having it at any of them um we uh hugely miscalculated their their interest in uh the characters and the rides and and all that um it was just not there whatsoever <laughs> yeah that's crazy to think about that it, but it, i mean i what else can we get into today well, Any, i was gonna uh, say one of my little <clears throat> resolutions today i'm gonna try to not drink as much alcohol whether that comes from a. <clears throat> just not doing it at all because i have the tendency if i'm going to drink i will just yeah. keep drinking uh, which is you know i don't do anything stupid I, uh, but i'm just thinking you know one of my things is is just to 
particularly because of this never-ending pandemic, which I'm hoping we're going to roll out of. But for so I guess this is one of those things you're talking about mental health. I think my mental health's okay, but I think everybody's mental health baseline has dropped a couple, like the whole country. Uh, you know, our baseline of what used to be normal is lower. Yeah. Um, so we're starting at lower lows in the winter times like that too. But, you know, I mm-hmm. think that it'll help me to just control, control my alcohol, uh, consumption and to try to make the time I spend with my kids quality. Cause I'm around them a lot of time, but I'm, it's not quality time. Mm-hmm. Part of that is this media that just sucks us all into it. You know, we look at our You're own right. children and I'm like, man, I don't want my kid watching that thing. And then what do mm-hmm. I find myself doing? Looking at my phone every two seconds. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we are all sucked into these devices Yeah, and we know better and they don't. Mm-hmm. Well, I, so I concur with you on, uh, your statement regarding mental health these days. Um, I think it's not, it's generally not good or it's not as good as it had been. Um, you know, I don't have any metric personally that I could reference for that. It's, this is just a gut a feeling. Gut feeling. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying everybody's mental, but I'm just, no, um, you know, and, I, and I, I do know, I mean, I think this is uh, not, not disputed at all. That during the early phase of the pandemic, people really did retreat um, into themselves. You know, they—I mean—they stayed home. They stayed away from people. In some instances, they stayed away from their own family members. Yeah. Um, stayed away from friends. Um, you know, I think many tried to overcome that by using novel approaches, such as the Zoom meeting you know, or teleconferencing, stuff like that. I think probably the use of uh, FaceTime uh, or the equivalent video calls on the cell phone probably rose up uh, exponentially. But that is clearly not a good substitute for person-to-person contact. And, um, you know, we, I think a lot of the discussion of this is, is has been silenced or buried but the fact is that suicide rates are up. They're skyrocketing. Um, they've skyrocketed yep. in the last two to three years. And I don't think that's coincidence. I think it's the, it's the isolation that people have and the feeling of uh, being helpless and, you know, with no future, no, no way out of this. Yeah. And <clears throat> it's unfortunate that uh, people have to feel that way. Um, now, concomitant with that, We've seen a rise in um, drug abuse across all substances, not just alcohol. I mean, I think alcohol, <clears throat> excuse me, has probably risen the the most. Um, and I don't, I don't say that to mean that um, people who did not drink previously, you know, started to drink. I think it became people that did drink uh, became habitual consumers and um yep you know the it's a free and frequency and quantity went up um and by huge amounts um also you know the opioid problems gotten worse uh, and i think uh, along with the opioid problem so went up other drugs of abuse and i think that's mostly because um the opioids are getting cut with uh, other drugs such as uh, amphetamines, methamphetamines, cocaine. Um, 
they're also getting cut with other opioids, you know, making them uh, higher overdose risk. You know, everyone's heard of the fentanyl problem, um, you know, the with heroin. And heroin, um, you know, these cartels, the people that are producing and packaging the heroin, they're very smart. Um, they found out that uh, most people were becoming resistant to heroin uh, primarily with the use of um, uh, buprenorphine or the, the active ingredient in Suboxone. And uh, so to overcome that, they were having to put synthetic opioids in with the heroin or add amphetamine compounds with the heroin. So they had to do something to keep their customers hooked. I mean, they're, they're not stupid. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, so not only did we see more people consuming opioids and other compounds, I mean, we saw people more overdoses and more overdose deaths. You know, that's something I had to learn. Uh, I probably should have learned early in my career in medicine, but it, it only just sunk in in the last, I don't know, eight or ten years. That overdose does not mean death by consuming drugs. Um the two death and overdose are two mutually exclusive things. I mean, death is the result of overdose very often, but just because you're overdose doesn't mean you die. Right. You follow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all these numbers have gone up. Um, yeah. You, you and I had talked previously about like, what is alcoholism? Mm-hmm. I think you asked me this one day. Mm-hmm. You may have even asked me, do you, David, do you think I'm an alcoholic? And my answer to that to you that day, and this would be my answer to anyone, and, and I don't want anyone to take this as the gospel because I'm not a, a specialist in addiction medicine or anything. This is just my take on it. Um, there's a tech, there is a textbook definition of alcoholism, and I, I don't remember the specifics, but it has to do with frequency and quantity of consumption. Mm-hmm. You know, if you drink... Uh, more than uh, two glasses of alcohol, you know, so four ounces of wine, 12 ounces of beer, ounce of spirits. Every day. Uh, more than two days a week, I think. Or something. So, yeah, yeah some, to me, it's some very low number. Then um, you're considered an alcoholic. Now, you know, I never bought into that. I I said, okay, I mean, that, that, that has something to do with it. Obviously, if you're addicted to a substance, then you're going to use it frequently. And then... Uh, along with uh, the concept of addiction is the the concept of tolerance. So you're going to consume uh, larger quantities mm-hmm. as you become addicted. Addicted. So yeah, I'll, I'll admit that frequency and quantity have something to do with it. However, the whole um, uh, syndrome, the whole syndrome, if you will, of alcoholism to me means that you become uh, dysfunctional as a result of your consumption, you know, that you um, distance yourself from others in order to use it. You um, have some negative impact at work because, uh, because of, of your consumption, some negative impact on your uh, marriage, uh, on your um, uh, position as a, a parent. Um, you know, if you're uh, suffering financially as a, as a, result of the usage is that does that make sense i i to me i think there has to be sequelae um and perhaps even the sequelae could be uh medical you know maybe you develop um alcoholic liver disease and you you might you could say that you're an alcoholic if you wind up with that 
I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to articulate here is I think it goes so much further than how often you use yeah, or I how, think how only, much you use. I think that only you, only the individual can answer that question. Right. And Yeah, it's a subjective. Yeah, and then there's there was the, the, the classic uh, cage questionnaire. I can't. Usually anybody that's asking, hey, do you think I'm this or whatever, <clears throat> they're asking themselves, do I drink yeah. too much or do I smoke too much or do I eat too much? Yeah, well, I think so the, the classic cage questionnaire, and cage is a, a, a mnemonic for what I can't remember anymore, but um, I believe the G in cage uh, stands for guilt. Like, do you feel guilty about your uh, drug use or alcohol use? Um I think the A stands for annoyed. Like, are you annoyed by people's criticism of your usage? Um, maybe the C stands for have you considered quitting? I can't remember. Or cessation, maybe. But it, those are the things. Like you, when you uh, when you start to feel guilty when you're using, when you uh, when people are critical of you and you actually get annoyed. You know, people might say like, "Man, you're drinking all the time," and but if you're just like, "Yeah, that's hilarious," you know, that's that's not you're not a positive for that question. Is that you know what I mean? But once you start to be like, you know, I wish you'd fucking stop saying that about me, you know, and you, you get angry and annoyed at those criticisms, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Um, yeah, so for, I, for for me right now, which is one of the reasons I've asked that. As for me, I think it's the overall mental health thing. I know everybody's down in the dumps, and I'm drinking more than I normally would because there's nothing to do. Like, you know what I mean? <clears throat> so you do start to ask yourself, geez, am I in this never-ending spiral of every day of my life, you know? Yeah. And and like you know with kids, <clears throat> so we're, you and I are having the double whammy of the pandemic restrictions and then children that, that – and I don't want to say they keep us trapped because that's what we're supposed to be doing. You know, yeah. it's hard to overcome the, the, the wants and desires of self versus the wants and duties, the duties of fatherhood. Yeah, right. Um, you know, and and coming to that realization and, and living through that. And, you know, I'm, I'm speaking for myself, but I think this is true. You know, you, you ask yourself, hey, is this ever going to, you know, I think that. I need to reevaluate and not that I've been doing a bad job, but in 2022, I want to re I personally want to reevaluate everybody's role in my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and in what, you know, what I want that role to be and how I, you know, and, and do a better job of trying to fulfill that. And I think that, um, you know, I do would like to not drink as much alcohol just because I know my personality, I'll drink a ton of it. I could say the same thing about Diet Mountain Dew. It's <laughs> like if I start drinking mm-hmm. something, I'll drink and drink and drink it. Mm-hmm. But I think that my family and everything will go. It'll be a lot <clears throat> nicer if, if um, you know, if I can get a, a better handle on on that kind of stuff. And then, of course, going on, we already do 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 stuff like you said but doing a little bit more because my kids i just feel like i sit and watch them and try to get them off of a game or off of the tv and it's so hard to do because i also am on it and one Mm -hmm. of the only ways that i have discovered to do it is to freaking leave 
yeah to go to a park or go to a playground somewhere or go to kosai or go to a zoo it's like you if you don't do it then it's never gonna yeah they're right. they're gonna spend their whole childhood buried in that phone or that tv because it's too easy of an out you know going back to the alcohol thing and the drugs of abuse sorry uh, no, no 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 that's fine i just i had this thought while you were talking um and i i don't think i've asked this question before but is it not interesting that we never ran out of beer or <laughs> liquor or wine or cigarettes or weed or heroin or any of these drugs of abuse Right. Right. But we ran out of toilet paper. We ran out of poultry products at some point. We had like, you know, beef shortages, all that. You couldn't find cannabis everywhere. You couldn't find uh, uh, Clorox wipes. Remember all this? Yeah. You couldn't find household cleaning items. It's like you can be stoned out of your mind, but you can't wipe your ass. But no, like Budweiser, (laughs) Anheuser-Busch found a way to continue production of their product and send it out to all the consumers. Same thing with, uh, you know, Jim Beam whiskey, um, you know, Tito's vodka. There was never a shortage of that stuff, right? Well, and to add to that, remember, and these because these things get forgotten and they need to be remembered. Yeah. How many of these uh, liquor, hard liquor companies converted some of their operation into making uh, alcohol hand sanitizer? Yeah. But, no, that's the that, capacity that, that had these to have places cut have. their production, and they were still, there was still yeah. never a shortage. Yeah. No, no, no. You know, it, I. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I almost forgot that. But yeah, there was like, uh, I think Buffalo Trace um, made hand sanitizer. Yeah. Oh, oh you need to get, um, Google that stuff. If you still have the, unopened bottles of that stuff, it's going for hundreds of dollars a piece. Well, I'm sure of it. It's like a collector's item. <laughs> yeah, think of that. That's going to be like, oh, I was a Rosie the Riveter during World War II. This person like, oh, I've got a bottle of when they were having to make uh, whatever into. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those aren't quite comparable, but like I don't know, uniform from that time period or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but um, but I I would like to think that the things that I'm raising about my own New Year's resolutions are probably a lot of Americans because I think that people are ready to get out of this. Yeah, you know it, it's it's unbelievable. You know some of the stuff that people are having that are making this pandemic and and it's. Uh, can, uh, you know, this new variant, the Omicron variant. Omnicorn. Uh, yeah, Omnicorn. Making it, <laughs> making people really realize, hey, uh, this is me, and, and um, this may get get this thing censored, I guess, because I'm going to tell people the truth, you know, tell them something to think about other than what the narrative is. But, you know, if it was really that scary of a threat, which I know they're not really saying that now, but I would... My wife and I were turned down at two different locations to get tested because they were too busy or something. Yeah. And my thing is, is how can you possibly be too busy to supposedly keep everybody safe? Yeah. When do you follow my logic? I know. Like it's, right. it, it, if it was a serious enough deal, so serious that your kids can't go to school, you can't go to work, you can't do this, you can't do that. But, oh, I'm sorry, we can't. We have the test. We just can't give them to you because we're overworked. Yeah, that's crazy to think. <laughs> I mean, um, it doesn't make sense. And I, I mean, honestly, I didn't. I mean, I know that being overworked is a real thing, but I didn't realize that that was an excuse uh, ever you know um i don't know I, 
And I'm not blaming them, and I don't want to. But but my point is, is I think everybody is it is over it. Yeah. I, no, most people I think except East Coast uh, urban centers, you know, big larger metropolitan areas, and West Coast urban areas. Everywhere in between, and I think especially in this Rust Belt slash Bible Belt. We're we're over this, and especially in the South, uh, we're over this. We we want to just get back to uh, whatever we might call normal life. Um, I don't know. I um, I know if you're listen if you wind up listening to this, you're gonna you can tell that I have some kind of upper respiratory infection. I've had this for weeks and months, and uh, I've had two COVID tests in the time interval which have both been negative. Um, I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. Could it have been but, from uh, a previous COVID infection you didn't know about <clears throat> and you actually are experiencing what they refer to the long as a long COVID. COVID? Yeah. I mean, I suppose that is a possibility, and I'm sure that there's a testing modality that could determine whether or not I had now, an can infection. I, can I say this because I, I, I've <clears throat> thought this. How do they know that because a lot of these symptoms are of long COVID supposedly are all basically every single thing that could go wrong with anybody normally in their life anyway. So do people that haven't contracted COVID yet that have some of these same symptoms, do they have the long uh, common cold? Like, they didn't keep that kind of statistics back in the day where they followed someone for two years after they got a small cold, and they yeah. said, hey, this person's got mental health issues. This person can't sleep. This person can't... Do you follow me? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> so what they're doing now is they're following all these COVID people and saying all this stuff happening to them is because of COVID. Yeah. I, Could you not say that about everything? Well, and there, I think there have been memes to that extent like going back to the beginning you know it's like dot, dot. i didn't it notice says, that but I'm it just says like, dot 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 because covid like whatever you know why why is there a shortage of this or but why? i mean is it, it's it, it's apparently supposedly a real thing but my yeah. point is is how i, I well i think <clears throat> the, the it's like this person contracted covid and all and these things have happened to them since then so it's long covid yeah <laughs> like um that no, I, I see exactly what you're saying. I think the, the long COVID is uh, in reference to um, pers- persistent, severe problems. So, okay. I mean, I, so I'm not trying I, to make fun of them. It just seems no, so like say, that's what so say that I had say that I had a COVID infection at some point, and I'm persistently having a lot of nasal congestion, coughing up a lot of uh, mucus. I wouldn't consider that to be a severe problem. Therefore, I wouldn't call that long COVID. Um, now, it's annoying. Don't get me wrong. But so, so say I had a COVID infection that I didn't know of. And, I, you know, and there was a time where I, I was I really had a tough time. I was wheezing a lot. I was short of breath. I couldn't climb up a flight of stairs. And I never got over that. Like what, like what if three or four months later I still can't go upstairs? I have to take the elevator. Or I wheeze all the time, having to hit, you know, an inhaler. That is something I, I think that, that that's what they're talking about when they talk 
when they mention long COVID. There's the persistent, gotcha. persistent severe uh, airway and respiratory issues. Um, however, I, I mean, I don't know if there is like if there are actual diagnostic criteria for the quote long COVID or not. Um, right. I'm just. I think I, that that's just my understanding of it. I wish I was better up to speed on the COVID. If I feel like I should be. Yeah. However, in my position, uh, in my field of medicine, I am basically just following hospital protocols when it comes to the diagnosis of COVID. You know, whether people are uh, permitted to undergo their surgery, and if they are permitted to go to undergo surgery, you know, what do we have to do differently with them? You know, it's all protocolized. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll admit, I'm not reading up on what all the current treatments are, what all the diagnostic criteria are, you know, what some of the persistent problems are that people are having. I just, I just kind of hear tidbits here and there. So I should be better read up on it than I am. But And I'm probably <clears throat> maybe hearing somebody doing what they call nut picking, you know, in, in the media where you pick one thing to try to prove your point, but you don't tell the whole story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe I'm just thinking that everybody that feels bad after they got COVID, they're, they're claiming they have long COVID. Yeah. And <clears throat> maybe that's not actually what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, yeah, I do think we're... I'm hoping that we can come through. I know people said the same thing in 2021. I hope we come through this 2021 spring and it's going to be over. I, I really hope. Yeah. It, it, this is, you know. Well, you know, so here's my take on it. Uh, will this go away? Like, I don't believe so. I think this is something we're going to deal with all the time, just like every other coronavirus. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is that coronaviruses have been around for a very long time and they're one of the long list of um, infectious agents that cause the common cold. Okay. So this coronavirus is just basically a step above and in some cases it's deadly. But that being said, I think we're going to be stuck with this thing for a very long time. Now I'm encouraged by the fact that there's uh, another variant, Omicron, that appears to be highly, highly virulent, uh, meaning that it's highly infected, but not so, um, not so deadly, and not such severe symptoms. Yeah. And I know I've told this to you before. Like you know, maybe this could play out that if you get Omicron, it would be the same as getting vaccinated. You know, because your Omicron appears to be a weakened form of the virus. And it's spreading like wildfire. So maybe we could have this wave of people that get natural immunity. And I think the natural immunity thing is the, the, the one thing that no medical professionals uh, or, you know, qu- quote, mainstream well, I was gonna medical say, David, professionals the are even you're, talking about. Yeah, you're, that's not true until the New York Times talks about <laughs> it. Uh, it's always, yeah. But I wanted to say, I think you kind of misunderstood me. I think we're all over it, and it's going to end. And when I say that, I don't mean the virus. I think it will be here forever. I just mean no. the, the – the, I sit in I, – I get sometimes actually teary-eyed thinking about it because I guess I'm at that point in my life. But, you know, I'm taking my son, Owen, uh, to get get his brain tickled to find out if he's got this mm-hmm. – uh, covid or whatever and so i said i'll do it with you and we're in a line behind like 30 people down there at cabell and i i'm i get choked up thinking that 
this is my child's <clears throat> this is my child's future this mm-hmm. getting in a line like this all the time for no reason yeah and how and and the thing is <clears throat> I feel like that's going to be very difficult to end because how do you end something that probably employs a million people nationwide? Drive-through COVID testing sites. I'm going to tell you something, or I'm going to suggest something to you. It makes me you. want to puke me. <laughs> I'm going to suggest something to you that uh, is going to blow your mind. I mean, are you ready? I'm ready. Seriously, you want, might want to hold your skull together so that the pieces don't fly everywhere. Did you ever stop to think that... Um, it is possible to vaccinate someone with a nasal spray. Huh. I mean, you know this, right? I know that they've done some, it for people with egg allergies. Well, and some children have got nasal spray um, flu vaccines in the past, right? Right. Do you mm. see where I'm going with I this? I see exactly where you're going with this. And in fact, I've read a couple articles on the internet, and I know that... None of this is peer-reviewed, and none of it's very scientific. But it raises the question that, so, <clears throat> you know, the, the government has failed in their attempt. Tell me more. This No, the, gover- like- the government has, and this is going to sound conspiratorial or whatever. I'm not really a conspiracy theorist. But, well, half of what the government tells us is conspiratorial. But, so, here the, so the federal government has largely failed at their attempt to uh, affect widespread vaccination, Right. I mean, they still recommend it, but I think they've basically given up on it. I mean, now that the Supreme Court shot down the vaccine mandate with OSHA and all that, um, they're probably going to back off of that. However, did you notice that there was almost a concomitant surge uh, in the, the government push to get tested? And now even their... Uh, you can sign up to receive all these free test kits uh, through USPS. Yeah, you right? did, David, you did blow my mind. This is kind of mind-blowing. What if they found a way to put that vaccine on the, na- on the tip of a nasal swab? Just think about it, dude. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I'm surprised not more people are talking about this because, like, I don't know. You might ask, like, why Why the fuck else are they asking every single person in the world to get tested? Maybe that's the way they want to get their vaccine. Uh, it, I don't know. It, it, it actually makes more sense than the other reasons. Because, I mean, <laughs> you know, why Why get my son Owen tested? He's not sick. He's yeah. fine. Like, it, 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 this is what I, and then everybody used to say, and I, I guess there's still people screaming this, but well, if you don't get him tested, you're going to kill grandma. Well, um. <laughs> I, I I just don't I don't know. So it sound it sounds more believable than the other reasons I yeah. could think of. But 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 my my overarching point that so we kind of went into into that. But is this the future for our kids all the time? And if it is, I'm sorry, you know, Owen and Otto, my kids, you know, I'm sorry. It, but that's depressing, isn't it? It is. It's awful. Yeah. <clears throat> The chicharrones. <laughs> I just had to do that one time. <clears throat> but, um, it, I don't know. Yeah, COVID sucks. Yeah, it does. Um, no, you're listening to the girls well, ri- first, riding some little, uh, 
Toy at first I thought that was a, like a jet an airplane, airplane yeah. coming for a landing. Well, it sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, gosh. the um, Are you offering me another beverage? Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, <clears throat> I got to thin it out before I crack one open. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not going to do it. I, I am not drinking today. What? Tom Brady up on the screen had a busted lip, it looked like. Mm. Um, yeah, so what was I going to start into? I don't know. We could talk like some current events or, I don't know, you were you were wondering earlier if I do a year in review, and I, I know I did at the <coughs> end of last year, but I just didn't prep for it today. Um, I know last year at the, the end of the year podcast, I talked about the the people, the celebrities we'd lost uh, during the prior year. <clears throat> and um, would you freaking quit that? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, was there not, has there ever been a more beloved celebrity than Betty White? Oh, and we lost her uh, just before the new year, and um, just before her one hundredth birthday, right? Yeah. And how about the outpouring of sorrow? Absolutely, for that one. My yeah. goodness. Um, and of course there was the <laughs> the question: Was it due to COVID? I mean, how on earth could you ask that? I think one of the she lived. A very very long time, yeah. And uh, I think a person gets to that age, they you know, just you, die. Well, you can say, oh, well, they were healthy, didn't have any medical problems, but um, life ends for people typically years before that. So I think you know every day that you have with a person in their nineties is a blessing. Yeah, I think one of the one things that one of the deaths that really shocked me from last well, actually I guess it wasn't last year, but it was Bob Saget. Yeah. Gosh. Uh but then you know, if you uh, And they said he had COVID back in October. Yeah, but you know, I, I always So they were trying to connect that. Yeah. You know, I think so the I haven't read a lot about it, and I don't know whether much was reported about it, but I just, what I read was he was, quote, found dead in his hotel room. So that means, to me, two things rise to the surface. Drug overdose or an unwitnessed cardiac arrest, mm-hmm. you know? And, I mean, drug overdose could cause an unwitnessed cardiac arrest, or he just had a heart attack. They said know? he was he didn't have any drugs in his yeah, system, and so I, it's probably just a okay, heart attack. Okay, so I just didn't read that. But, you know, that's that's what happens to people. And you might think that uh, age 65 is young. And it is if you compare it to this concept of life expectancy, right? Yeah, but there's plenty of people still yeah. got it. Yeah. However, life expectancy but, is just the average age that someone dies in any part of the world or any community, right? So if you understand what an average is, that means people live shorter than that and people live longer than that. So although it's tragic that, you know, we lost someone at that age, um, that it was, you know, probably pretty universally loved 
yeah, by multiple, multiple audiences, um, it's not terribly shocking, right? Mm-hmm. I often wonder how long I'll last. <laughs> and I think you kind of have to look at your parents uh, in one sense. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of this is determined by genetics. And then you just subtract or subtract years for bad habits and bad behaviors or add years for good habits and good behaviors. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could have, you could come from a lineage where uh, every male in the family died in their forties of coronary disease and heart attacks. You're probably going to be doomed to the same thing. Right. I mean, that's a genetic condition. Mm-hmm. Certainly, if you start smoking on top of that, you know, or if you're all the males in your family, or you know, I'm just talking about uh, cause males because we're male. Say all the males in your family live till 80 years old, and uh, they have a stroke, you know, die of some natural cause. Then that's very likely what's going to happen to you, you know, unless you're doing drugs or you're smoking or, you know, you have all these other lifestyle issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. Smoking's a huge one. Smoking's a killer. And I, I always tell people like I'm, I'm more than happy to share with people that I used to smoke. Like I was a smoker. I didn't just, you know, I wasn't a closet smoker. You know, there was a period of time I smoked openly. I smoked more than I like to admit, you know, it's somewhat embarrassing to admit it, but uh, I can. I feel like I can use that as a, a teaching tool to some patients and maybe help them stop because I gave it up. Um, but you know, there's days I, I look back and I say, I wonder if I did any like lasting damage by smoking in my twenties and well, probably all through my twenties. I don't think I smoked much in my thirties. <clears throat> um, yeah, did I do damage that could not be undone at the time? You know, did mm-hmm. that short did that shorten my life? I mean, <clears throat> I'd like to say no, but who knows? But as I say this, so I, I think about our father. So he's lived to seventy years old, and <clears throat> look at him. I still consider him to be young. I mean, he still works, still yeah. drives a car, still highly functional, highly productive. Um, however, he's picked up some bad habits in the latter years of his life, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he's not like a two pack a day cigarette smoker, but he's a pretty regular cigar smoker. Um, and he indulges in some, some vino. Right. Uh, but I would say he's probably in better health now than he ever was when he was my age. Um, so that's encouraging to me. I, I look at that and I say, I'll, I'll very confidently make it to 70 and who knows, maybe I'll make it to 80, 85, something like that. I hope we do. <laughs> oh no, of course I do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, uh, and the, that the, sounds like the, a helicopter well, coming in yeah, for a landing. We had one sound like a jet plane and now that sounds like a helicopter. I don't know if the, we're capturing any of this in audio, but. It sounds like I, a Huey. 
I think that might be the uh, washing machine on spin oh, cycle. Okay. But literally yeah. a minute ago, it sounded like a, like a jet in, jet yeah, airplane yeah. coming for a landing, and then now yeah. it sounds like a helicopter. Uh, Black Hawk down. Yeah. <clears throat> um, mm. Sorry. No, it's a, I, I feel like the conversation took kind of a morbid turn there. You know, we're saying like, well, does. Brian we're saying Cox, that. I have to reference one of your previous podcasts. Brian Cox said, man, I, I fired up Podbean for the first time in several months, and he goes, and I stuck it in. And it was right back to your conversation with David, and you were talking about eating gizzards and testicles and bunch of shit. He goes, "What the?" And I said, "That was one of that was a good conversation, buddy." And he said it was when he got done. He, I hardly he remember that. We must have been wasted. Yeah, Which, that was uh, when we yeah. got done. I tripped over that case empty beer cans and <laughs> fell, out of, fell out of the garage door. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, that, I, I do vaguely remember that conversation now. But then we're sitting here saying, I, I hope we make it to 80. I do too, but um, I, you may not have hit this uh, turning point in your life. Like I feel like the day that I turned 40 is when I started to realize that I was aging. You know, um, things hurt. All, like joints hurt. Um, sometimes it's hard to roll out of bed hard to uh climb in and out of the truck you know stuff like that it's weird um now i'll I'll admit i'm not in the greatest shape whatsoever i could certainly do better there but i didn't i mean i'm starting to get older just like mentally realizing you know we had we had our uh, open that we had our first um person of our parents generation pass away back in december carolyn carolyn yeah. and that's kind of a rude awakening for that you're aging uh you know you're next in queue i guess so to speak oh the rinds those are golden flake too they don't sell those around here oh i mean they sell them anywhere now we live in a freaking global <laughs> society yeah. what do I, you can buy them on amazon i'm shipped here but um i don't know i feel I feel I'm getting older in that respect. And, you know, like some of the things I used to bounce back from, I'm not really. Um, uh, last night, you know, Otto started cl- crying hysterically in the middle of the night. And uh, I get up to go get him. And he's on this mattress. We didn't get box springs. And then I took plywood to put under it so it would be more solid. But I bought too thin a plywood. Don't so- tell me you busted through it. No. You lay down on your bus. Almost, almost. We're talking at like 2.30 in the morning. And I go to pick him up. I said, you can come lay with mommy and daddy. And I go to pick him up. And I weigh so much. My left knee, I was pushing all of my weight down. And it pushed the mattress under the side of the bed. So the wood was, I don't know if, if you can imagine this. The wood was exposed. And it's pushing my weight up. My whole knee, like my, my uh, shin, scraped and like basically kneaded out my knee on this piece of wood and i scream i dropped auto on the bed he's staring at me and i go lay down and ying's like are you okay i'm like i don't know like my my legs killed well we woke up this morning and there was a pool of blood in the, under the sheets a pool of blood yeah. come on sam the way it was dry it was dried blood. up it was like a like i mean a pond i guess or maybe like a but I there mean, was, it was a blood stain yeah a, a significant one and i took it i said wow and it was swelled up like a, I don't a big, yeah. 
And in the past, first of all, Crazy. I probably wouldn't have weighed that much. It wouldn't have happened. And I wouldn't have had kids. The whole thing would have never happened in the past. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what do you think about... Um, What do you think about the uh, NFL playoffs, NFL postseason, buddy? Are you into that whatsoever? No, I'm out of it. I mean, you, we can talk about it. I followed now what you were saying about the team that uh, kicked the field goal. That was the only way they could basically lose to get into the playoffs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, yeah, so what you're talking about the, yeah, yeah, I remember you called me to tell me that. No, so, yeah, so this is a couple <laughs> weeks ago now. What, two or three weeks ago. The Steelers... Uh, so it's the last game, last week of the regular season. Um, the the Steelers could make <laughs> fucking <laughs> pork rinds. No, the Steelers could make it to the playoffs. The worst thing to eat on a podcast. If first they beat the Ravens, okay, which they did. They beat the Ravens. I was so proud of them. Jacksonville had to. Um, beat uh indianapolis and so this is actually this is interesting going back to the the steelers ravens game went into overtime okay the uh jacksonville indianapolis game ended while they were still playing in overtime so the steelers knew the outcome of that game the jacksonville won so they needed that to happen so i think there's this real sense of urgency for Pittsburgh, like, we have to win this game. Well, that game went down to the wire. Like, so it was still a regular season game, meaning that they could have tied. And uh, Pittsburgh was able to kick a field goal with, you know, two seconds left or something like that. Um, so they won that game. So that was uh, part one and part two that they needed to, to get to the playoffs. Part three was they needed. So it was the nighttime game. Uh, the Sunday night game. Uh, it was the Raiders. So Las Vegas and uh, L.A. Rams. Or L.A. Chargers. Chargers? Rams. Chargers. Chargers. I get all these West Coast teams fucked up. Uh, yeah, so it was uh, Raiders, Chargers. That game just needed to have a winner <laughs> for Pittsburgh to go to the playoffs. <laughs> well, they fucking win in an overtime. And Las Vegas was able to kick a field goal with two freaking seconds left in the game. Like, I was tearing my hair out at midnight that night. Uh, like, oh, my God. Well, the St- everyone knows the end of the story, though. The Steelers um, lost their first, the, the play, you know, their first game of the playoffs, so they're out. <clears throat> the whole community here, though, seems to be, uh, forming up around the Bengals, which uh, look like they have a chance for the first time in like 700 years. Um, <laughs> so I think that's nice for the community. I think the Bengals are considered the local team here. Mm. Well, this is a little uh, side story that's got nothing to do with the NFL, but yesterday when we went up, we went up to the Clay Center in Charleston and I got notified that a dryer had been delivered to my house. And um, when we got home from Charleston, the dryer was next to 
my gate to go up and, you know, sitting in the snow. Mm -hmm. But then I walked to get the mail and it had been originally dropped off beside, beside the mailbox. I took a video of this. I'm going to post this on YouTube because it's insane. Okay. It originally had been next to the mailbox and I guess it was the guy wasn't allowed to drop. I don't know. Maybe my neighbor moved it. I have no, I'd like to think that nobody touched this other than FedEx, but somebody drug it and, 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 huh. and no, they, no, they lifted it end over end. So it flopped because you can see in the video that there's one part every four feet, three or four feet that it indented <laughs> into the ground all the way around my fence line, oh my God. all the way up my driveway. And the side of the box is smashed and destroyed, and it's missing the <clears throat> the straps that hold. You know, they put those uh, plastic, real yeah. tight nylon or whatever straps. And Ying said, "Wow, what is that?" And I said, "It's a dryer." She's like, "Oh, I hope that works still." Was it for your house or one of your for rentals? A, for a rental, and um, it literally was. When you see this video, you're going to go, "Holy!" shit i can't believe somebody would treat anybody's stuff like that oh i don't think the 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 major carriers even give a crap about that <laughs> we've had so much mail delivered uh where it's been dropped in puddles of water left out in the rain left out in the snow crushed uh boxes ripped open um I don't think they give a crap because it's a numbers game. You know, even if even if someone would make a claim on that, you know, does the USPS or FedEx or UPS or even like, you know, the uh, the freight companies, does it even put a dent in their uh, profit margin? Hell no. No, because you see so many revenues that it's irrelevant if they have a handful of claims for damage. Right. I uh, so I know you need to leave, Sam. <clears throat> I do want to get this out here and like. Sure. And I'm sorry, I got to duck out. I know it's supposed okay. to be. And I'm sorry that I'm so snotty, folks. Um, but I want I'm gonna get Sam's opinion on this, and I'd love to get feedback from listeners. I think I'm gonna buy an electric vehicle, and I've been considering this for a while. Well, I started considering this when I had to drive my Jeep to work while my truck was down for the count. And that's probably another podcast I could do is talk about the maintenance on my freaking truck. But uh, listeners, my truck was on the fritz for about three months. And I drove my Jeep uh, to and from work in that time interval. And that Jeep is set up basically just for off-road purposes. <laughs> it's got big tires. It's got a big lift. Um it does not do well in the fuel economy department. I think it gets around 12 miles a gallon. And yeah. uh, I think I was I was filling that thing up, you know, 55 to $60 of gasoline literally every other day. Uh, and that got me to thinking, like, there, there has to be a cheaper way to do this, a better way. My truck is not economical whatsoever but it's way better than that jeep i mean that truck will get 18 or 20 miles a gallon um and i only have to fill it up once a week just because the tank's fuel tank's huge. huge yeah but i put but diesel fuel costs more and i i don't know if it 
100. So it does offset the cost of that Jeep. But I don't know if if it would offset the cost of a gasoline truck. I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, so this this is what got me going down this thought pathway of electronic vehicle. Um, and I started shopping all of them. And, uh, you know, I wound up at the Tesla Model 3. You know, that looked to be the most... The, the well, one of the vehicles with the best track record, you know, that thing's been on the market for years and years now. They have probably the, the best charging infrastructure. Um, and I think arguably they have the best battery technology, the best motor technology. I mean, just the best overall design. Um, they're amazing vehicles. And, you know, this, this Model 3 has a range over 300 miles, which is great. Uh, I have to drive maybe to and from work about 110 miles. Um, it's like 55 one way. Um, so, you know, there's, I wouldn't have to ever make a stop, you know, on the way to work to charge it. No risk of that. Um, and, Other features of the car were were appealing. Um, But I went to this. (laughs) I just just looked it up on the. You'll laugh at this, Sam. And I think so. If I got the the long range all wheel drive model, roughly 50,000 bucks. And of course, there's a tax incentive. I I don't know the details. I want to say it's around $7,000 in tax credits, but don't quote me on that. But it's, you know, sizable. it's sizable. You know, it's, it's something to consider. And I do know someone at work, <clears throat> um, one of my colleagues that works at Women's and Children's Hospital, he lives in Ona, so he has nearly the same commute that I do. He says that, um, you know, he, and this is another fascinating thing about these cars, that you can measure exactly how much electricity you put in them when you plug them in at home. And he says, you know, I use so many kilowatts to charge it every day. And he says it turns out to be less than $3 a day to drive it to and from work. Wow. That's remarkable. <clears throat> that is remarkable. Um, now, I don't know over the lifetime of the vehicle, would that pay off the difference in, in fuel savings? Right? I don't know. But if you throw that tax incentive in there, plus, like, I mean, you're just not having to go to the gas station ever. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, if you just, if I just use that car to go to and from work, I never make a trip to the gas station. I just top it off at home every day and I can, I can put in a charger here, um, that will, I think that the highest capacity that I can charge at home is, uh, 45 to 50 miles per hour of charge. So obviously if I'm doing a hundred plus miles a day, if I set it up for that maximum, I can charge the thing in like two to three hours. Wow. I mean, so that's ideal, right? And then, of course, if I just used it as a grocery getter in town, whatever, no big deal. Um, so I went to dad with this. You know, I, I, I don't often seek dad's advice anymore because I think I'm I've curious got, to see what he'll I've say got a it. pretty good grasp on this uh, thing we call life. You know, I think dad's taught me a lot of stuff. I don't really ask him for advice any longer. 
I pitched this to him, and before I could even finish my thought process, he goes, you'd be an idiot if you didn't buy one. He literally said that to me. So, and then he taught, then he opened up to me. He said, you know, you may not know this, but I might have solar panels put on this house. And, you know, I worked out some deal. and I'm going to buy one of those F-150 Lightnings, and I'm going to charge the fuck out of it. And it's going to be free because I got solar panels coming. And oh, like, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, okay. So, I mean, that's an added value if you have solar. For him, yeah, absolutely. And my gosh, he's got like acreage. Acres of roof for, <laughs> for and it to, still isn't right? enough to do no. his whole house. But uh, no, so, <laughs> so he'll offset the, even the the charge of charging his an electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but no, he literally says you'd be an idiot if you didn't buy one. I said, okay, that's about a ninety nine percent convincing argument that I'll buy one of these things. Um, I still need to convince myself that I actually need a new vehicle. You know, I'm in this uh, this zone right now where I haven't had a car payment in several years. I think like four or five years. No, can't be that long because I've got a 2016 vehicle. Well, no, I paid that thing off early. So I, maybe about four years I haven't had a car payment. And that's glorious. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? I got yeah. Um, and I don't know, maybe I could buy the car outright, but I'd probably finance it, um, you know, depending on what the, uh, rates and the terms looks like. But, um, I think I'm going to do it. And then, so I would just say, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll publish this episode tomorrow or tonight or tomorrow. And anyone listening, please, please, please comment if you have any thoughts on the EV uh, you know, I keep looking at the Tesla website, and if I ordered today, the delivery date's in March. I mean, so the turnaround's not that long. Yeah. I'd say, um, I mean, all like I also think, you know, the price of electricity is going up, too, but I think that the price of gas, there isn't really a— I mean, the price of gas is never going down. Yeah, I mean, it might to where we go want it down to go. here and there, it's but not its gonna go down trend to where is, we want it to Yeah, go. its trend is going to be up Yeah, uh, because there's so many more people driving everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I would say that I think it'd be a good buy, you know, with the tax incentives and everything, and the car's really not uber expensive, um, which is kind of, I, mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a good idea. I mean, so the, the like Model 3 you, is a four-door sedan yeah, with a lot of luxury features, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I know you love your Jeep and all that if it was me, but see, you no, make so, more money than me, but I would do like a little switcheroo. Do I need three vehicles for myself? Well, so here's the answer to that. Am I getting rid of the truck? No. It, fuck no. No, there's no way. I, yeah. I need that. There's no There's no electric vehicle. That's why the Jeep's the only thing there's I There's nothing else that can replace about. that truck. The Jeep, I mean, it's but paid off. a lot of money. I mean, it's it, paid off. You know, I pay a little on property taxes on it, and I can use that for recreation yeah yeah because you don't have like payments these aren't just sitting yeah, around right. with another payment right. yeah i'd say i don't yeah i think like, i mean yeah, I, you'd be an idiot if you didn't do i that. think it's almost a no-brainer yeah and then i'm gonna tell you what if if the hospital ever got on board and put in some of those um uh, designated chargers because I, I know okay. they do at cabell and st mary's but i don't think cmc has any yet but if i had the chance to charge you know complimentary at work Oh my gosh, dude! Like, then I—it's ha- a no cost uh, to fuel, and they will do it. I mean, it. 
No, I'm yeah. certain they will. I mean, because I've seen a lot of Teslas in the in the lot there. Uh, the only question that's remaining is, do I fit in the vehicle? And I'm going to get in my colleague's uh, Model 3 in the next week or two, I think. Because I called him about it. He's like, hey, you know, come, you know, whenever you got, whenever we both have some free time, come over. I'll let you take it for a spin. Um, I'm, um, I, I always said I'll never get on board with this because at first I thought the cars were too expensive. But now I think they're right in line with a with an internal combustion engine car, yep. you know, I would compare this Tesla with all of its luxury features to um, like a, a high end Toyota Camry or exactly Honda Accord or something, right? Yeah, four door sedan, all wheel drive, and what are you going to give for a, a brand new Toyota Camry? Fifty thousand bucks, I bet. I mean, that's just what cars cost now. She buy unless you buy some itsy bitsy little uh chevy uh yar or a yaris or no yaris is toyota chevy um aveo right is there a little teeny one i can't remember yeah um no but yeah so i think i'm gonna pull the trigger on that not um i just want to get that out there so sam i know you gotta hit the trail i'm gonna i'll wrap this up glad to have you out um and uh thanks for having me yeah this is the new revived uh resuscitated <laughs> borderlands podcast brought to you by uh your host denrock and the guest today has been sam denning thanks buddy oh no problem